Podcast Stuff. These are interesting times, my friends, and I am so pumped to welcome my new friend, Katie Stone, from the Children's Hour radio show to the Good Stuff Kids podcast. Katie, how are you today? Oh, I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me on your show. I'm really thrilled to be here. It is my pleasure. We we were just we were just talking before we got started about all the uh, all the things that are happening in our world, and I think that you and I are in kind of unique situations um, because we're we're talking to people. Not that that's not the unique part, but that we're we're putting out stuff for families, right? Like I'm putting out a podcast. You're also putting out a podcast, but your podcast comes from something else entirely. So you are. You are you are my dream, Katie. That's all I'm saying. You are my dream. You are a radio host. Tell us a little bit about who you are. And we should also say, like, I'm in Houston, Texas, where, where most readers know, but you are in somewhere where I think is very, very cool. Where are you right now? I am in Albuquerque, New Mexico. I am doing home isolation. I am in my home studio, which is the home base for the Children's Hour, on a beautiful urban farm near the Rio Grande and it, it's it's beautiful here in Albuquerque you're right it's a very special place so that's <laughs> yeah. where I am right now there's a lot to break down in there one home studio check amazing two urban farm we'll get back to that check amazing Rio Grande check amazing all of it so we're going to get to the children's hour but one thing i'd like to do is i'd like to work backwards a little bit how did you get involved in in radio did you always think that you were going to be a radio host in particular a children's radio host well um it goes all the way back to my childhood i was very lucky to attend a public school in downers grove illinois which had its own little 10 watt radio station to teach broadcasting to kids. And when I was a freshman in high school, I signed up for the radio class, mostly because my older sister did it and I thought she was super cool. So I wanted to be like my older sister. And then I just got bit by this bug. I loved it. And these are back in the days of actual tape, reel to reel. So, you know, we learned it all scotch taping our tape to make edit edits if you can imagine wow. back in those yeah. days with the scalpel and, and cutting things together the whole deal yeah yes. <laughs> a single mistake could ruin your whole project but i learned radio broadcasting from my teacher fred moore and i'm sure i was a super obnoxious teenager uh, at the time i was like into heavy metal and punk rock and so <laughs> <laughs> we had a heavy metal and punk rock show and then when I grew up a little and went off to college, I ended up at the University of New Mexico. And a lot of that was cost. It was a lot cheaper to live in New Mexico than anywhere in Illinois. And the tuition was really inexpensive. And so I came here to New Mexico and got very interested in the public radio station KUNM. And just for years, was a listener and a donor. And I can still remember the very first time I called the pledge line to make my very first pledge. And I was so, so nervous. Like it was so scary <laughs> uh, to make that commitment. Wow. <laughs> it seems so funny now, but um, I just really loved the work that KUNM did, which was a lot of volunteer independent produced programs. And 
many years later, um, I had done things like, like volunteered in the phone room at that point. One of the hosts of a children's program approached my husband at a kid's concert at the zoo and said, hey, I'm looking for a substitute host and you're such a cheerful guy. Would you be interested in that? And he said, no, but I really, I know somebody who would be super into that. And he, <laughs> my husband introduced me to this guy and um, I quickly became his substitute host. And within a year, I took over the show because he was actually <laughs> looking to leave. Uh -huh. And when I took it over, it had been a show with a slightly different name. And it, it was really mostly this guy coming up with his records and his daughter. And I had had these visions. I was a listener to this show, so I knew the show really well. And I had had these visions of what you could do if you just invited random kids to come be on the show. And, you know, kids who were performers, just kids who had something to say. I've always found kids to be pretty amusing, and I have plenty of my own. So I um, certainly tapped into that resource when I became a volunteer substitute host. And that was over 18 years ago. Wow. And then I just stuck with it for all these years. And we're on the air live here in New Mexico on Saturday mornings. And I just loved what I did. I opened up the studio to other kids and right away I got the child of another host at the station who became my very first kid co-host. Awesome. And I, I come from a background of studying philosophy and really believe in equal rights and justice. And so I always looked at these kids as just short people and that they were my co-hosts, they were my equals, and that I was learning the ropes and they would be learning the ropes alongside me. So I always believed in training kids Whatever I was doing, I wanted them to know exactly what I was doing because someone gave me a chance in radio when I was still a kid, although I was 15. This kid that I first worked with was only 11. And then my own son came with me at that time and he was three and he was a compulsive button pusher. And so he was the kind of kid who like, if he saw a light switch panel, he had to just like do every light switch, like he had to see what happened. Yeah. And so when we got to the station, you can imagine a big board all lit up Oh, amazing. He was pretty excited, man. It was like the most exciting thing in the world. And I saw the very first day, I cannot do this unless I teach him how to use this board. And he was only three. So I started training my son to become my engineer. And that actually worked out really well. He became a fabulous engineer and worked with me for years um, until he went off to college. And wow. in the meantime, more and more kids would hear kids on the radio and contact me and say, hey, how can I get there? And I never, ever said no to any kid. So we just, my crew got built slowly over time as it is still the way it is today, where kids come and totally voluntary, there's no charge or anything. And it's a program where I teach kids everything I know about radio. That's great. So by the time they're done working with me, they can do all kinds of things, um, including you know, field recording and interview people and over the years, I just got more and more excited about all the different possibilities of what we can teach each other in terms of when you, when you explain something for a child, say dark matter, uh, if you explain it so a five-year-old understands it, believe it or not, 
all the rest of us can understand it too. And there's just so many things that none of us know. And so I started just thinking of all the things I didn't know in the world and what would I want to know. And as a radio host, you have this wonderful opportunity to interview experts. And so we'd bring those experts into the studios and our kids would interview them. And over time, the show built quite a loyal audience. We have, uh, we're ranked really highly in terms of radio stations on our little Saturday morning. We trounce almost every other radio station in Albuquerque, including commercial radio. And this is unheard of for a kid's show. But part of it is, is that I know how to not turn off adults. And it really is about treating kids like people, like they're just equal people. And I really believe that kids need a space in public broadcasting that's for them. And we see it in television, there's PBS Kids, but we don't see it so much in public radio. It's, it's a rare station that actually gives some radio time to kids. And so I found a way to create programming that keeps the adult audience that is the traditional public radio adult audience, but also draws in this whole new audience of parents of children and children themselves. And so it's, it's been a pretty successful formula. And we took the show to national syndication only about uh, a year ago. And we're on nearly 60 stations in two countries. We're Whoa. now in Canada. Awesome. I know. <laughs> that's incredible. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's my start. It's like more of a story than you probably were envisioning. No, it's that's, that's how it came. This out. is all, but it's so. I mean, what, what's amazing about that? For there's a couple things that that sort of jumped out at me that are amazing for uh, for young people who'd be interested in radio or just really anything that they're into, which is to like go for it. You know, the theme of going for it, right? This is something that you loved, that you really wanted to do, and you just kind of explored it and explored it, and eventually your exploration turned into your gig, which is it's just such an amazing uh, just, just journey and story for anyone, kids, adults, to get into. And, and I think that the other piece that I found really interesting about what you said was, like, using the example of dark matter. Well, like, no one gets that. But the best way for people to even try to understand it would be to like have it explained as if I were I would put myself into this. Right. I will project onto myself like if you don't explain it to me like I'm five years old, I am not going to get it. So I think that, you know, that that leads me to like some of the the really amazing stuff that you've done. So you, you're my understanding and correct me if I'm wrong is that your, your shows are kind of broken down into like some different areas. There's, there's civics, right? And you can tell us what that means in a second. There's steam related shows, science, technology, engineering, art, and math. There's cultural stuff, which is like when you go out in the field and go to museums and things, and then there's performance. So can you give us an example of, of each of those four things? Let's start with civics. What's an example of the way that the children's hour gets into civics? It's just exactly what you'd imagine. What I realized in time was that none of us really understand how our government actually works. And there's no better example than when an election comes around and everyone's confounded by the whole electoral college. <laughs> over and over, all the adults are like, wait, what? How did that happen? And so uh, I long ago realized that, um, well, the state of New Mexico 
has no genuine civics education in its public education curriculum. So I started looking at what else wasn't in the curriculum. So in terms of civics, we have been interviewing our state's politicians and civil servants and public workers for years. In fact, we're considered one of the hardest interviews for a politician because kids will ask the darndest things. Yes, so good, 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 good. So we one time interviewed the woman who is now our governor, and we've interviewed her as governor. Her name is Governor Michelle Lujan Grisham. And when she was a congresswoman uh, back in the, this was the last presidential primary, so for 2015, 2016. 2016. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she, um, one of our kids on the crew turned to her in the middle of this live interview and the whole interview was pretty sweet it was like what does a congresswoman do and what is your day spent like and she was going on in her normal way and then one of the kids turned to her and said so if bernie wins the primary in bernalillo county are you going to give your super delegate vote to bernie or to hillary <laughs> and like no one had had the nerve ever to ask her that question and we actually got her on the record telling us what her superdelegate vote would go to. And it went to Hillary. Wow. And by the way, Bernie did win Bernalillo County and her vote went to Hillary. So um, it was pretty amazing how kids can kind of cut through the chase. Yeah. So not only have we interviewed our senators and our Congress people and lots and lots of people in government, we also take the time in civics to explain how these government entities work together and then some of the folks who work in the civil jobs of government, like our police and our firefighters, and all of those are public servants who are part of our government. And so how does the whole thing come together? In 2020, we are doing a civics focus on two things. One is justice. A lot of us don't understand why are there so many courts there's a federal court, there's a municipal court, there's a county court. And when I talk to adults and I ask them, why do you think we have so many courts? Like no one really knows, unless you've had to have a case or you're a lawyer, no one really knows or understands how that works. Right. So we'll be, um, we have an interview scheduled with a federal judge who's a really beloved federal judge here in town to help explain that. We're also going to be interviewing our attorney general, and um, we're also going to be interviewing a public defender. So sort of pulling all the pieces together, and those will not be one show. Those will be separate programs where we can kind of mesh, help people understand slowly this whole process. That's really important to me, is to take the time it takes to really understand by the end of a series like this, you'll understand way more than ever about our justice system. And we're really targeting kids. So kids can grow up understanding these different branches of justice that are concurrent in our, at our civil life today. So the other area we're going to focus on is the election. And so how do elections work? And so we're going to be interviewing an elector, which Ooh. I hope we all get to understand what that is and who that is and how these people are picked. They are actual people. Mm -hmm. um, and we're going to be interviewing our New Mexico Secretary of State to talk about the election before it happens. Wow. So that we want to encourage both our young children who are listening to 
you know, understand how this election works and what, how does it pertain to kids? They don't get a vote. So how do they get to even have a say? And then we also are hoping that in, in the meantime, it also encourages their parents and others listening to get out, get out and vote and, and really make, make their voice be heard too. That's awesome. I mean, just the, the level to which you're, you're going with it, you know, it's not, it's not just the surface, but you're digging in and you're hearing from players. And I think that that's really important and it's going to prove and provide a depth of understanding that kids would not have had otherwise. So, well, and we also throw in there, I'll just throw in one more thing. Sure. We always, every year work with different kids organizations that are actually pushing legislation through our state government. So this last year, we worked with kids who pushed a pollinator license plate, and we followed up with them twice after uh -huh. we first in interviewed them to find out what happened and how's it going. It, it did pass, by the way. There is now a pollinator license plate and what the purpose of it was. But we're also trying to find ways to show kids how they can get directly involved in their own government. Huh. Wow. Like no one's getting off the hook when it comes to the children's hour. <laughs> exactly, so, so I, I'm going to exactly. save, I'm going to save steam for last. Cause I think you have a really cool story about that, but what's an example of, um, you know, a culturally themed episode and a performance themed episode. We do a lot of our programs when we're not on lockdown from the COVID virus live from public venues. So our initial broadcast goes out on KUNM Live, and then we take that show and turn it into a nationally syndicated show. And so many of the venues we use are cultural spaces. They are museums. So for example, last year, we we're at something called the Indian Pueblo Cultural Center, which New Mexico is unique in that our Native American um, Pueblo tribes never lost their land. They were not displaced. In fact, there is really great history, which we've covered on the Children's Hour, about something called the Pueblo Revolt back in the 1600s. Memory goes way back here in New Mexico. Yeah. And um, that <clears throat> where actually the Pueblo people drove out all the Spanish um, settlers for years, for over a decade. And um, it, when they came back, the Spanish settlers, it was pretty violent. And, but when they came back, it was clear you could not displace these people. And they were never displaced. And so we have a unique situation in New Mexico um, that isn't the case all over the country, but in some parts it is, uh, of Native American um, people living on their ancestral homelands for thousands of years. And so we really like to showcase that for the rest of the country, but also for our own residents here. And we so we've done that and then we also take it a little bit further so we've also partnered with our state archaeology agency which is about half native uh, here in new mexico of the folks who work there and i'll never forget we did a show this past fall at the center for archaeology up in santa fe and one of our guests was a, a educator from a place called jemis or uh it's the Tewa people, it's a beautiful part of New Mexico. And he was one of our guests. And when I asked him what his message was for our audience, he said, I really want people to know we're still alive and we exist. Wow. And, you know, it seems like such a simple message, but as we're going around the country broadcasting in parts of the country that maybe 
don't have as much of a close connection with their their native people as we do here in New Mexico, uh, it's it's a really important message. You know, this the, there are people here who've been here for thousands of years who really know more about this land than anyone else, and so we tap into that quite a bit. And there's stories. We have storytellers come on from different um, different tribes here, and we try to keep a pretty close connection. We also in New Mexico have one of the ties in with civics. We have one of the two very first ever elected Native women in Congress. And we have Congresswoman Deb Holland, and she was a guest on our show last summer. And, you know, it's just awesome to have this woman who is really representing for the very first time, which seems shocking that it took us this long. And she, she really had a lot to say, too. And on that show, we had a band who, they're from Gallup, and it's a kid's band from Gallup who are um, Diné or Navajo is what oh, we wow. call them wow. in the rest of the country. So we really try hard to to tap into all these great cultural resources of our state, of which there are many. Right, and, and that and that um, ties into the performance piece too, I guess, right? Absolutely. And so for performance, we generally try to showcase kids who are kid performers, but we also have performers on the show who are just great performers who kids like. And so we might have a band from Santa Fe that, is just you know they they don't typically do children's shows but they have so much content that is great for kids and families and we really want to showcase all this talent and so we try really hard to have both amazing kid talent on the show and also other talent on the show that's just totally geared towards children and you can really hear that in our live public performances we always have a band with us on stage awesome. and Half the time, that's a bunch of kids, and half the time, that's performers who are just really great with kids, and, and it's often a mix. Yeah, and and music is a big part of the show as well. I know that um, on the uh, KUNM website, the Children's Hour piece has the the playlist, and you, you get to play some like kind of, uh, not kind of, I will go out on a limit and not even go out on a limit, so you get to play some like really interesting stuff, right? You know, I see past guest of the Good Stuff Kids podcast, Marsha Goodman-Wood, who happens to have a song called Nobody Likes Viruses and Germs, so it's all like thematic music, but you, you're playing, you know, things that families know, such as, you know, Casper Baby Pants and lots of other family artists, but you also can go there in a little bit of a different way, you know, when you play the Love in Spoonful or when you play David Bowie or you play like all of these various other things, you're you're able to oh toots. You play toots in the Maytals. How can you not love that, right? So you get to to play all these different kinds of music to sort of enhance the quality of the show. Um I don't really have a question there. I'm just more like commending you for being able to to do all of these Thanks. different things. It's really amazing. Thanks. We really, uh, that's part of the equation of keeping your adult audience. Um, and so we really want to, we know public radio by and large stations are putting the children's hour between what would be considered uh, adult content, right? Mm -hmm. So we're before the folk show and after the news here on KUNM. And those both have, you know, are totally geared towards adults. And so how to not lose your adult listeners is you really have to throw in music that appeals to them too. But there's, if anyone who's had kids, which is your audience, they know that kids love 
certain songs, you know? Yep. Like, I mean, I, I remember being a kid and loving the song, I Shot the Sheriff. I mean, come <laughs> on. It's probably not the best children's song, but boy, could I sing along. And um, I think that that's really what we we aim for. We aim for music that has, we are very careful with our lyrics. So we aim for music with lyrics that match our theme and but also have a beat and an, uh, that will inspire dancing or singing along or maybe a parent is like I love this boy dog pondering song I haven't heard it in <laughs> that 15 is, years that is deep boy dog pondering <laughs> wow way to go thanks well we you know there's so much great music out there and then we also play quite a bit of international music that you maybe have never heard of the bands you know from Mali or uh, from Senegal and yet their music is so positive and uplifting and really offers a way for families to enjoy more music together. I'll never forget one time we played a song from a band and I am, I'm trying to remember, I think they were called uh, Anda Union or something like that. And they, it was this song that was very upbeat and it was in a total language that we didn't understand. And I couldn't find anyone who spoke that language to screen the lyrics. I usually try to find someone to screen lyrics if it's in Russian or something. Uh-huh. And I don't speak that. And um, I got a call from a listener saying, now my daughter, you've just found her favorite band and we've bought everything that they have. And, and it turned out it was, it was just this international band that just sounded really good and fun and upbeat and and there's just such great music out there that deserves a chance to have radio play and doesn't really get radio play and then there's other music that just fits a theme so perfectly that it just you you couldn't do a money song without the love and spoonfuls money song right you couldn't do a money show without the love and spoonfuls money song which is just a perfect song for kids so um explaining debt believe it or not yeah (laughs) sure sure yeah um i'm at it's it's interesting i'm like looking at my uh I still have like some, I still have CDs, Katie, believe it or not. And I have the, uh, I have a CD from the green chili jam band. And I just noticed that. uh, Yeah. So that's, that's, that's an interesting one, right? Like go back to the archives folks and check out all this amazing music that, that Katie has put out. So, so the last sort of facet we mentioned four, right? There's four, um, there's four themes and what, you know, we talked about civics, we've talked about culture, we've talked about performance. The other is theme. Um, science, technology, engineering, art, and math. And I'm just going to fully lead you where I want you to go on this one, but I think you're going to know where I'm going here. Um, you had a unbelievably unique opportunity to talk to someone or someones. I'm not sure how many people there were, but that were not on planet Earth. Please oh, share this experience. So <laughs> Um, we got the chance to talk to Christina Cook. She was aboard the International Space Station, and our interview with her was live. And it was before an audience of um, over 600 kids were in our audience. And it was at the University of New Mexico in partnership with their biology team. And you might be like, biology? <laughs> the space station, <laughs> what? Well, the space station is trying to grow food and the University of New Mexico and New Mexico State University have partnered to help them grow green chili. New Mexico is famous for our green chili. It is really the best in the world. 
and we're not biased or anything. No, not at all. Fact. Not at all. Uh, <laughs> so they're trying to grow green chili aboard the International Space Station. And when they started to cook up this idea, the biology department at UNM about interviewing the space station live, the, the fellow at the university is a big fan of the Children's Hour. I'd never met him. And he reached out to me and he said, hey, would you like to interview the space station and i'm like are you kidding of yeah right I would. definitely so we got to interview her that interview the the entire interview is on the nasa nasa stem education website you can see the entire interview i i loved it i got to dress up like miss frizzle which was pretty <laughs> fun um my a lot of my crew came about 22 kids on my crew showed up i have 31 kids on my crew awesome. so a bunch of them came it was during a school day so we had all these schools and, and field trips and we talked to Christina, we crowdsourced the questions. We reached out to our listening audience and others and asked them to kids only to offer questions that we should ask her. And so then, you know, we got hundreds of submissions and had to take the time to kind of pare them down because you can really only ask a few questions. You get 20 minutes. And so you, you have to really oh, make yeah. it quite narrow. And then it was just so joyful because my kids on my crew are very well trained and I'm, I'm not trying to brag about that. I'm just saying I spend a lot of time with kids teaching them how to interview and how to clearly read questions and scripts. And so we uh, had the joy of having each one of our kids on our crew that showed up to that show ask a question of Christina Cook. And so they were the ones leading the interview, which was so terrific and such so an honor for us all. And uh, we learned a lot from that show. It was very educational. Not only did we have Christina Cook on the show for her 20 minutes, but it was actually a two hour live event. We paired it down to a one hour radio program, but the entire two hour event had all kinds of folks here in New Mexico who are doing space research. So I learned a lot, like the Mars Rover is controlled here in New Mexico in part, along with other places in the country, but both at Los Alamos National Labs and at the University of New Mexico, there are teams that are actually running the Rover. And so we got to have those folks on and find out about that and wow. um, other aspects of space research that's happening right here in New Mexico. We have something called the New Mexico Spaceport in Southern New Mexico, which is the first commercial, think of it as an airport for commercial space flights. So Virgin Galactic is based oh, there. Oh, wow, I didn't know that. And cool. this summer, Richard Branson is going to be launching the first ever commercial flight to space on his birthday. And so the Children's Hour is totally going to be going down there um, and we'll be witnesses for that. But we're also going to be exploring that. So I love the STEM aspect of our show or the STEAM aspect because we get to interview people who are the experts. And sometimes those experts are kids. So sometimes our, our for example, we have a, a birder we regularly bring on the show. She is amazing. She's a homeschooler. She's now 12. This girl knows everything about what's migrating today, you know, what's coming, what to expect in a couple weeks, everything from bugs to birds to animals, and it's just a joy. But we also get to interview some of the world's foremost scientists 
Um, and when we when we see something that just piques our interest, I go for it. You know, the yeah. kids will make a lot of suggestions about, you know, I read a story about this. Can we interview that person? And I'll go find that person. And they're they're almost always willing to be on the children's hour and talk to us about what they're doing. Scientists are so excited to share what they do. And we're really excited to know what they do. So it's just one of those, it goes back to, we don't know it all. Adults like to pretend we know it all. We don't. And there's so much more to know. It's endless. So we've covered everything from like the age of the planets. You know, so we had a bunch of Earth researchers, and this is from a few years back, and it can be found on our podcast uh, called Dating the Earth. And we just, it was in, it was sort of in response to hearing all kinds of sort of crazy talk about, you know, the world is only 5,000 years old. And I was like, you know, we have to shatter that myth because kids really have the right to know that they're standing on ground that's billions of years old. It's so exciting what this planet has done um, in its life. And anyway, I just feel like there's just so much to learn. And I can't, I, I never stop thinking of ideas of things I want to learn about. Yeah, it's unlimited. It's totally unlimited. Um, so Katie, all of this is amazing. It's so much different areas that you can go into. Having a crew of kids to help you out is incredible. How can we stay up to date if we want to find the radio show or you mentioned podcast or is there a website we can go to to keep up with you or social media, et cetera? What are the best ways for us to make sure that we are learning everything along with you and the crew of the Children's Hour radio show? We have a website, childrenshour.org, and there's no apostrophe there. It's just all one word, childrenshour.org. On there, you can find dozens and dozens and dozens of our podcasts, which are, are great little educational not modules in and of themselves. Uh, they, um, a lot of teachers actually use them in their classrooms, because especially our science themed shows because there's just so much content there that's educational, but we, we couch it in entertainment. So kids stay really gripped. So childrenshour.org has all kinds of content. There's ways to contact us. There's our social media feeds are up there too, but you can find us on the Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook worlds at TCH radio. And we're all over the place. We're also, uh, every podcast site, you can find the Children's Hour. We're on Patreon, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts. So we're there. On our website, there's a little menu item that says Our Stations. And that's a list of our current stations that are carrying the show. Um, there's always new ones being added. So that list is constantly being updated. So you can see where you can hear it near you if it's broadcasting in your region. And if it's not, ask your public radio station to carry it. We produce our content free for public radio stations. We don't charge them a dime because we know that it's more important that public radio stations have content for children than we make a few bucks off that. Uh, we are funded thanks to the generosity of our listeners and our, our local government has been very supportive of our work. And there's been some foundations that have kicked in for us too. But um, we never charge a public radio station. So any 
anybody listening who might be a public radio affiliated person themselves, you could just request that they carry us. Most public radio stations have not yet made room for children's broadcasting. And I would caution them that they need to think about the future, that we are showing kids the power of public radio at a very early age. And, you know, once you become a public radio fan, it's hard to go back. <laughs> and we really do need to bring in new audience to public radio. And the Children's Hour is a great way to bring in a brand new audience that maybe a station hasn't really tapped into yet. The under 40 crowd of parents who maybe aren't, you know, demographically tend to not be public radio listeners. And yet they are to the Children's Hour. So it's a great way to have your community include that whole demographic that's typically ignored. Awesome. I also think public radio stations can do what I'm doing in their communities too. It's a matter of trust and really trusting, finding a host like me, um, I might be the hard replicable part, right? Like there's only one me, but sure. um, finding someone like me who loves children, believes in children, believes in education and believes in the mission of public radio, which part of that mission is education and to serve communities who are underserved. And so I think, I think we're a good fit for if you can't, if you can't find us on your public radio station, you can request it or you can always listen to our podcast. We have, dozens available for you on almost every topic under the sun. And if there's a topic you wish we covered, just let me know because I might say, oh my gosh, you're right. We've never covered that. Or I haven't covered that in 20 years. Wow. <laughs> so awesome. I'm always open to suggestion, always. Wow. Well, Katie, thank you so much. It is so apparent that you are so passionate about what you do and that comes through in just an amazing way and want to thank you for everything you've done for uh, educating kids and for uh, believing in yourself. Like that's a big deal. You've really, you've really made this happen. So I am uh, very impressed and I love getting to spend time with you today and uh, thank you for your time. Well, thank you for all you do in educating families about what's out there for them. So thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking the time to put me on your show today. Thank you. No problem. Good stuff.